so much for being here. Tonight we are kicking off a new series called Good News. And uh, truth to be told is that we're kicking off a series and we're wrapping up our last series and I'm really just introing the next series. So that's really what's happening tonight. Um, we last week had a, a massive episode of snow that canceled service. How many of you guys love snow? How many of you do not like snow? All right. How many of you are indifferent? All right. Okay, good. All right, well, that's good. Nobody, you've got your minds made up on that, so that's good. But we weren't able to have service last week, so that was a bit of a bummer. Um, but uh, so we weren't able to wrap up our last sermon series that we were doing, uh, which was a little mini series. It was called A New Year, A New You. And so I'm going to take a little bit of those thoughts and wrap them up and tie them into our sermon series that's coming up. And so this is going to be an intro to the intro. So that's kind of what we're doing tonight. Um, but we always talk about Jesus. He is the only thing to talk about, and we're always talking about the good news of Jesus Christ, right? So that's where we are. So this sermon series that we are doing, Good News, I'll give you a little heads up about it and tell you a little bit about it. So this sermon series is one that we're going to be taking all the way up to Mother's Day. So we're going to be hanging out here and camping on the good news for a good little while. And so um, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm really pumped about this. Pastor Fred and I, we've been talking about this for a while. Um, and, and so we're going to be doing this both at the Newport News Campus and the Williamsburg Campus. Pastor Justin at the Suffolk Campus is going to join us a little bit later in this series, and they'll wrap up um, right around Mother's Day in the same series, and, and all three of us are going to be rotating, so you're going to hear Pastor Fred a couple times, and you're going to hear Justin here at least once during this series, and so we're just excited about it um, because this, I mean, this is a, the message that we want to bring, right? This is the message. This is the truth of who we are as followers of Christ. This is what we believe, that there is good news in Jesus Christ. And, and, and we're excited just to expound on that and talk about it. Because here's the reason, is that when you understand the truth of the gospel, it does exactly what the song just talked about. It sets you on fire, and it just changes everything. It changes your outlook on the life. It changes your perspective on things. It makes everything different and everything new when you understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the things that's interesting is that when you ask the question, and you can ask yourself this question, and maybe even it'd be fun for you to do is go and maybe in your journal, if you're taking notes right now, or maybe later on, or maybe you can text it to yourself, and you could go on there and just say, what is the good news? And just Answer that question for yourself. And then over the next couple of weeks as we go through this sermon series, see what your answer is at that point. Because one of the things that's shocking is, is that when you ask the question, what is the good news? What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? The answer varies greatly across our country. The answer can vary greatly across the world. One person can have one perspective and another person can have another perspective. And when you ask the question, what is the good news? You would think we would all know the answer and be able to spout it. And many people have different answers. And some people don't even have the answer at all. And when it comes down to it, the message of Jesus Christ, the reason that it is good news is, is because there's a truth to it that changes our lives. There's a truth to it that opens our eyes to the eternal plans that God has. And so we want to understand as a church, what is the good news? What is it about? And how does it impact me in my life every day? 
So we're going to talk about it. What is the good news? What does it mean? Why do we believe what we believe? And so we're going to take some time to walk through it. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be one that's going to challenge us. It's going to be one that's going to, that's going to push us a little bit because the truth of the matter is the gospel itself, it's got sharp edges. And there's some truths to the gospel that when you stand to the truth of what the gospel is of Jesus Christ, that it's going to challenge our norms and it's going to challenge our comforts. But we want to be open to that and we want to step into more of what God has for us, right? Right? You all just sang it, so you should say yes. Right? We want to step into the more that God has for us. We want to step into the things that he has called for us and the life that he has for us. But we need to understand what is it he's called us to. What is it that we're going to be doing? And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this sermon series, Good News. And so to kind of wrap up our last sermon series and to move into the intro of the intro of this sermon series, we talked about over the past... A uh, couple weeks, a new year, a new you. And I, I've pulled you guys, so I'm not going to do it again. But we're, we're not a church that is prone to New Year's resolutions, right? So we kind of just, we know who we are. We're just going to do what we decided we were going to do. So I like that about us. That's a good thing, right? So, um, but we do all around the new year. We do have expectations. We have kind of desires. Maybe we set some goals or maybe we say, you know what, I, I would like to try a little bit harder. I would like to see some new things happen. And so the beginning of the year, we kind of always have this expectation of what is things going to look like? How is this year going to unfold? How are things going to change? And, and, and we're looking forward to the future of things are going to be new. Things are going to be different. So we wanted to talk about that because in the reality of it is, is that at the same time that Jesus has says that he's come to give us life and life abundantly and that he's making us new creations. He's making us new in him. And so what does that look like for us? If we want to have new hopes for this year and he's making us new, what does it look like and what does it mean? And so that's what we've been talking about. I even had a, 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 a fun reminder today of this process. Today I was at home and uh, we were getting ready for things and, and uh, we had a lot of stuff today going on and Ryland had ballet and we had church stuff and we've got the launch of the Suffolk campus happening tonight and Newport News service and all kinds of things. So we had a lot of just crazy stuff going on this morning and then uh, my internet. Anybody else out there got Cox internet? I just want to publicly on the microphone say, Cox, get your junk together. So um, I, we, don't, we don't have any other options. We don't have any other options in Williamsburg. It's just crazy. So anyway. My internet that I pay a ridiculous amount for was failing me, and I had to drive across town to go to somebody else's house to try to use their internet. So anyways, Cox, um, and if any of you work for Cox, it's not against you. It's not personal. It's just your employer. So, but so anyway, so it was just, you know, one of those just crazy days, you know, and tensions were high, and you're kind of like, you, you know how it is, right? When you've got a lot you've got to accomplish, and you've got a lot you've got to do, and, and, and then when things just don't quite go the way you want to, it's kind of easy to get a little bit frustrated, you know? And so that's kind of where I was at. I was a little bit on edge, and just kind of like, okay, I just want this day to go, you know, just get moving here a little bit. And so Braden, uh, he's, he's my 10-year-old. Braden was, it's Saturday morning. They haven't had school the majority of this year so far, right? I mean, they're in some weird, like, just like la-la land, you know, where it's like I haven't had rules and discipline and teachers for multiple weeks, you know, and I've gotten to sleep in and stay up and, you know, just like no homework. And they're just kind of like, 
woohoo, life is great, you know, and we're just like, <laughs> go to school. And so, so you know, Brain's just sitting there, and he's this morning, he was just doing some stuff, and he was just in his 10-year-old boy world, right, which is a scary place. And so he's in this little 10-year-old boy world, and he's just walking around, and there was just multiple times that he did stuff, and I was just like, dude, I can see what's getting ready to happen, right? So, like, he's sitting there, and he pulls out a bowl. He wanted cereal. He pulls out this little bowl that we had for Ryland when she was a baby that we had fed her a baby food in, right? So the bowl's like this tiny little bowl. And he pulls it out, and he goes to put his cereal in there, but he wants to put the milk in there before he puts the cereal in there. And he's got a brand-new gallon jug of milk. And he puts it up on the counter, and he's got this tiny little bowl. And I just went, Brayden? And he just kept moving. And I was like, Brayden! And he just kept moving. I was like, Brayden! He's probably in kid life, like, what, what? But... <laughs> I was like, Brayden! And he's like, what, what? And he just kept pouring and pouring. He filled the bowl all the way up to the brim, and then it started rolling over onto the counter, onto the cabinets, onto the floor, and he's just pouring, and he's just pouring. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And he finally stops. And so then I'm like, dude, all right, come on. Like, you need to clean this up, and, you know, it's whatever else. So he goes clean, he starts pulling paper towels, and he's just pulling off, like, hundreds of paper towels. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing, you know? And then I was like, all right, great, you got to clean up with the paper towels. Now you need to get some little Lysol wipes, right? Because you just wipe your paper towels, it's milk. It's going to get sticky, it's going to get nasty, right? And it's going to be gross. So you got to get some Lysol wipes. So he goes, and he grabs it, and then he's like looking out the window, just looking out the window. My son knows that I talk about him publicly, so it's okay, right? If you feel like, you know, whatever, he knows. So we're sitting there, and I'm pulling up the Lysol, like he's got the Lysol wipes open, and he's just like looking out the window, and he just puts his hand inside of the, the, the container. Instead of grabbing the one that's out, he just puts his hand in it, and I'm like, Brayden. And he doesn't stop. And I'm like, Brayden. And he doesn't stop. Brayden! And he doesn't stop. And he just pulls out all of the rolls. And then what liquid is in there just shoots out everywhere, and it's like running down his arm. And he's just standing where with all of these Lysol wipes. And I'm just like, dude, you've got... I say this to him sometimes, I'm just like, dude, engage the brain, right? <laughs> like, engage it. Like, come on, pay attention to what you're doing, man. And he's just sitting there, he's just like, Dad, you know, and so we started having a conversation. He's like, Dad, I just don't know what you want of me. And I'm like, no, you do know what I want of you. I want, me and Michelle say this all the time, in eight years, he's supposed to be a productive part of the society. I just want you to be when you're 18, Able to be an adult. That's what I want. I don't have my hopes set much higher. I just want you to function in society. That's what I want. I want you to one day be able to move out and be okay on your own. That's all I'm hoping for. And he's just sitting there. He's like, Dad, I just don't know what you want. Sometimes I just, I just don't know, you know, what you're asking of me. And, and I just sat there in the moment, and I just stopped, and I thought about it. And I was like, how much of that is so true for us, right? That we're into situations, and we're going through life, and we're doing things, and we're just off in our world, and we're staring out the window. We're not paying attention. And, and God's up there, and he's just like, hey, hey, hey. And we just keep going on, and then we just pull everything out, and it's just a big old mess everywhere. And then all of a sudden it comes to it, and we're just like, I just don't know what you want of me. God, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you're asking of me. I mean, how many times do we find ourselves in that same exact place? And so what we've been talking about is, is a new year and a new you. And, and the title of this message tonight, which is a treat because I don't title my message very often, is, is that the good news is not hidden news. When we've been talking about this, a new year, a new you. 
is that God has sent a son, Jesus Christ, into this world so that you and I can know the plans that he has for us. So that you and I can be a part of God's eternal plans and purposes. So that you and I could be in relationship with God. He has set these things out. He has a plan that he's working out. We can see in Ephesians chapter 3, it says that God's purpose and all of this and Jesus dying and the church being built and all of the things that were happening at the time. Paul's saying, in all of this, God had a purpose so that the glory of God would be displayed through the church. God's plans are not hidden. They are made known to us. God wants us to know what it is that he asks of us. He wants us to know what it is that he wants to do in our lives. He wants us to know what it is that he's doing in this world. God wants us to be a part of what he's doing. It goes on in Ephesians and it says that God's eternal plan, that he had set all of this out in all of eternity. He had a plan and that it was all fulfilled. It was all accomplished in Jesus Christ. That he's laying these things out and he's making things aware. That he's saying, this is what I want to do. This is who I want you to be. This is what I want you to experience. This is what I want the world to know about me. It is not hidden. It is there for us to see. And it's being revealed to us through the church. It's being revealed in moments like we just had where we step into worship and we sing together. We see people's gifts on display. We see people participating. We hear God speaking to us. It draws us closer to him. And all of a sudden we start having this sense of what God God is doing in our lives. We have a word or, or a moment where we go and talk to somebody else and we can encourage them. We have a moment where God uses us to help somebody else see what he's doing. God, his plan and his works are not hidden. He wants us to know them. He wants us to see them. And we get into this place sometimes where we're just like, I just want to know. I wish I knew what your will was. And you go to the Christian bookstore and there's just books and books and books everywhere of how do you know God's will? And we're just like, God is like, he's got it hidden. And he's just up there and he's just waiting and he's watching for us to spill the milk so that he can judge us, so that he can come down on us. And God's saying, no, it's not hidden. It's not something that I'm keeping from you. Who you are in Christ and what I want you to do and what I want you to do in the church and what I want the church to do so people can know who I am and know my love and grace. It's not hidden. It's clear. It's there. I want you to see it. And Paul, as he goes on in Ephesians, he's like, listen, as you see and you understand who God is, and as you see and you understand all that God is doing, I'm telling you, it changes everything. When you see how good he is and you see how wonderful he is, you see how much he's done for us, it changes everything. And Paul says, I fall to my knees and I just praise because he's so awesome. And then he goes on and he says, I just wish you could know how deep and how wide and how great his love is for you. It would change everything. And then you go on in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, verse 16. Paul's again there and he's talking. He says this, so we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. When we come into contact with Jesus and we encounter the reality of who he is and we begin to see the things that God is doing in this world and wants to do in our lives through Christ, when we see that, it changes our 
perspective. It changes who we are. It changes the way we see our circumstances. It changes the way that we see people. It changes the way that we look at things in the world. He begins to help us to see that there is something going on beyond what we understand or what we think is going on. He helps us to begin to see that God has a plan. He has a purpose that he's setting out to make things new. That the world that we know that's falling apart and there's hurt and there's pain and there's suffering and there's loss, all of those things, it has an end date and it's set in his mind in this world that we know and all of the junk that is in this world, it will be gone because he's making things new. And not only is he making things new, but he's making you and me new. As we discover who he is and as we press into the things of God, as we explore who he is and we begin to see that God is doing things and that he's active and that he's working and we get, begin to be blown away, he makes us new because no longer do we see things the way we used to see them. No longer do we respond to the situations the way that we used to respond to them. We're new, we're different because that is what he set out to do. He continues on in verse 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and the new life has begun. But if you're like me, as you go through life and say, yes, I know that's true, and yes, I know that's good, and yes, I can see those things, and yeah, I've heard that sermon preached, and yeah, I can preach it better than you're preaching it right now, and I know that. We get to this place sometimes, though, right? Where we say, man, it's just the same old, same old. Man, I've been doing this thing, and I've been, I've been loving God. I've been trying, but man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm 36 years old, and I just sat there, and I just spilled the milk all over the counter like a bonehead, you know? I just made that same mistake. I just did that same thing. And we get to these places, and we say, I just, I feel like it's the same old, same old. We, we, we encounter a moment, you know, we, if you are a, a human being that lives with other human beings, you have problems in your life, Right? Right? And we get into these moments and we get into these situations and we're just like, yep, there they are. That's the same old person that I've known. Yep, there we go. That's the same old situation we've always had. Yep, there we go. And we just kind of get into these mindsets. Yeah, I know God's making things new. Yeah, I know that God's revealing things. And yeah, I know that God makes me new. And yeah, but I just made that same mistake. I got the same attitude. I got the same perspective. I just went back to that same thing that I've always gone back to. How does this change? What does this do? And God is just continually reminding us all through his scripture. Listen, it's not on you. It's on me. It's not on what you can do. It's on what Jesus Christ has done. I want you to open your eyes to who he is and what he's doing. I want you to see that I'm at work, that I'm there with you, that I have a plan, and that I'm working things out. I'm making things new. I want you to open your eyes to it. Proverbs. Go all the way back to Proverbs. Solomon, one of the wealthiest men of all of the world. Wise beyond his years. Wise beyond any other king. Amassed all kinds of things. Solomon was this incredible king who did all of these things. And Solomon, he's writing these Proverbs. And he's talking to his son in and, and Proverbs chapter 2. And he says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. As we go through and see this, that he's talking to his son, Rehoboam, but he could also be talking to multiple people 
that he taught and that were under his wisdom and under his leadership. He's speaking to them as somebody who cares. He's speaking to them as somebody who loves and who's saying, listen, this is the way. This is the way that God wants us to live. This is how he wants us to understand what it is that he's doing and understand what it is that he asks of us. My son, my child, listen. This is also not just Solomon, but this is God's word. It's his Holy Spirit speaking through Solomon as he writes this. It is God speaking to us. It's God speaking to you, my son, my daughter. Here's what you do if you receive my words. If you receive, if you take them in, if you hold them tight, if you trust that I'm speaking, if you trust that I'm leading, if you trust that I'm loving, if you trust that I'm revealing, if you trust and see that I'm not hiding things from you, I'm not keeping things from you, but I'm revealing, I'm opening things up. If you trust me, if you receive my words and treasure, if you store up, if you keep, if you lock them in, my commandments, the things that I say, the things that I call you to do, by making your ear attentive, to listen. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, to listen. I mean, how many times when we're in conversations or we're experiencing different things and we kind of just go through and we can just say something like, I, I just don't understand why this is happening to me. I have no clue what in the world you're trying to say to me. How many of you ever said that to your spouse, right? How many of you ever said that to your child, right? How many of you ever said that to your boss? Let's be honest. So. You know, you're in this moment, Terrence back there, you're not allowed to say that. So you're in these moments, you're in these moments, right? And you just say, man, I, I just don't understand. I don't know what's going on. If you believe that God is active, that God is working things out, if God is revealing and if he's making things new, if he's opening your eyes and he's saying, I want you to see all that I'm doing, then if he makes our hearts different and he changes our perspective on things, the way that we stay engaged in that, the way that we don't step back, the way that we become more and more aware of what he's doing and, and what he's working is, is that we listen that we be attentive, that we don't say, I don't understand what's happening here. I don't even understand what is taking place. Why is God allowing this to happen? We say, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. This is not a, a critical situation. This is an opportunity for me to see your grace and your goodness. That we stop and we look at the situations and we don't say, God, where are you at and what are you doing? But we stop and we say, God, this is where I'm at. You know my pain. You know my sorrow. I'm listening. What do you have to say? If we incline our ears, if we open our ears and we incline our hearts, that we say, God, I'm bowing to you. I want to hear what you're saying no matter what the situation is, no matter what's taking place, no matter where I'm at. God, I want to hear you speak, and I want to go where you are leading me, and I want to do what you're calling me to do. God, I'm bowing my heart to you. I'm inclining. I'm submitting. I'm surrendering. God, I am yours. If we put ourselves in that place, I'm going to skip down a verse or two here. Verse 5. Then you will. Do you hear that? Then you will. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. It's an assurance. Listen, if you open your ear and you incline your heart, if you see that I'm working and that I'm doing things, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth. Come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. 
guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. This is what God says. This is what will happen. If you open your ears, if you incline your heart, then these things will happen. God will provide for you. God will keep you. God will show you. He will help you to understand. He will help you to see. These are the things that God is going to do for you if you do that. And I love it because God is so good and he knows us and he knows our inclinations. He knows our patterns. He knows that we're just like Braden sitting there putting our hand in a jar and he's like, you're getting ready to, you're getting ready to, no, no, stop. Okay, you just did it. He knows where we are. He knows what we are, right? And so in verse 3, he just reminds us and he encourages us again. In verse 3, he says, yes, if you call out for insight, if you call out, how do you open your ear and how do you incline your heart? You call out for wisdom. You pray. You shout out. You call to God. God, I want to be with you. You talk with him. Do you know that God wants to be in a relationship with you? And you know that relationships, they cannot happen without conversations, right? If you've been married for any amount of time and you go any amount of time without talking with your spouse, things do not go well for you, do they? Relationship does not happen without conversation. God wants us to talk to him because God is actively talking to us. He wants us to open our ears. How do you open your ears? By opening your mouth to say, God, I want to hear you speak. God, I want to see you active. God, I want to see your plans and your purposes. God, I want to know what it is that you're doing. You open your mouth and you speak and you pray. You call out for insight. You raise your voice. I love how it says that, right? It doesn't just say call out, but then it says, and raise your voice. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations well, we don't have to necessarily yell out to God because God doesn't hear us, is that we have to raise our voice above the voices that surround us and the voices that are in our heads and our hearts that are distracting us from God. We find ourselves in a place sometimes that we have to raise our voice. We declare who the truth of God is and what he's doing in the situation, and we allow that to be the dominant voice until we can find ourselves in silence so that God can speak to us. We've got to get ourselves into this place where we say, God, I want to hear. God, I want to hear what you're doing. I'm opening my ear. I'm inclining my heart. God, I'm willing to submit to you. And we do that by praying. We do that by calling out. And when things are at its worst and you have all of these voices and doubts and insecurities and pains and fears, all of them tugging at you and pulling at you, you've got to call out. And sometimes if you don't know what else to say, you just call out and say, Jesus, I need you. Raise your voice and acknowledge that he is everything and he is only thing, just as we talked about today. That he is the only thing that we could ever hope for and the only thing that we could ever need. Raise your voice and say, until I hear you speak, I'm not going anywhere else. Until I hear you call out, I'm not going to move any further. Until I hear you tell me what I need to hear and I see the truth of your word. God, I'm not going to trust anything else. I'm not going to do anything else. God, all I'm going to do is listen for your word because I want nothing else guiding me. Man, when we get into that place and we find ourselves there and we find ourselves trusting God and submitting to his will in that place, God begins to move in our midst and he begins to reveal who it is that he, what, is doing, or what it is that he's doing and who he is. Raise your voice for understanding. And if you seek it like silver and search for it as hidden treasures. If you seek, the word here is desire. It's require it's to request, it's to be exact, 
in knowing what it is you need. To seek. It's to say, listen, God, I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm here. I I want to know what it is that you're doing. God, I want to be the person that you see me to be. I want to be who it is that you've created me to be. I want to live the life that you've dreamed for me to live. God, I want to be walking in your grace, and I want to be walking in your strength. I want to be led by your Holy Spirit. You open your ears and you incline your hearts by praying and by seeking, saying, I want nothing else. I'm requesting nothing else. I need nothing else other than Jesus. He's exactly what I need. It's exactly what I want in my situation. That's the only thing I need. I desire nothing else other than then your will for me and what it is you're doing. So, as we transition and kind of wrap up this series, A New You, A New Year, we get into this place where we say, God, I want you and God, I need you. By allowing ourselves to see who God is and what he's doing. And sometimes we make it so stinking complicated. We make it so complicated. And God, all through his scriptures, is telling us it's not complicated. It's not hard. There's something I'm wanting you to see. There's something I'm wanting you to know, and I'm making it apparent to you. It's all around you. You can see it anytime you want to see it. I love breakfast. Anybody out there with me? Right? I love breakfast. I love eggs. I love pancakes, I love waffles, I love having eggs, pancakes, and waffles all in the same meal. I like bacon, I like hash browns, right? I like sausage, I love breakfast. I love breakfast for dinner. Anybody out there with me? Come on, right? Breakfast for dinner. How many people does that bother you if you have breakfast for dinner? Uh, You need to get out of here, Reuben. Something wrong with you. I'm just telling you, breakfast is awesome. I love breakfast. I, I, for me, I, I haven't really set out any resolutions, like I said, but I, I do realize that every year that I go deeper into my 30s, this year I turned 36, and the deeper I go into my 30s, not only are my parents getting that much older, but I lose something, it seems like, on every single birthday. I don't know what it is, but it feels like every single birthday, I feel like I just lose something, Right? I, I mean, I, I, I don't remember the years now, exactly what happened, why, but I remember, it was like, well, I do remember this in 30. I remember when I turned 30 years old. I remember that I could not eat all of the things that I used to eat. Like, I, I just, my ability to consume food, it was just gone. Like, I mean, I used to be able to go and, like, all oh, you can eat buffets and all that stuff, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I used to love Golden Corral on Father's Day, right? So nasty and so bad for you. are just asking for some kind of disease or whatever else, but it was so awesome. Fried chicken and endless rolls and frozen ice cream. It's so good, right? And you can get gummy bears and shrimp all in one thing. I mean, it's awesome. Who doesn't like that? So I remember that, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm just like in my 30s. And I remember when the buffet and I had like a plate and a half. And I'm like, what's happening? I just, my ability to consume food, it just went away. My ability to sleep in, it went away a couple years ago. Like, I used to just be able to sleep as long as I want to, whatever else. And now, like, i got to fight to sleep in, you know? Like, I'm just like, man, I'm losing that. I know at some point, at some point, maybe this is the year, I'm going to lose my metabolism. I know it, right? It's going to go away as I know it. Like, I'm just telling you, like, I've already started gaining weight more than I should and whatever else. Because I'm just telling you, I need to work out way more. I really don't do a ton at all. I'm really struggling with that. And I eat horrible. I really do. 
I mean, it's not very uncommon for us to go to Taco Bell at 11 o'clock at night still, right? And get it just, yeah, and load up on tacos. One day it's going to catch up with me. I know it. So I'm like, you know, I need to change what I do. I need to change some things, right? I, it's a new year and I want a new me, right? And that doesn't mean, yeah, a new me, right? And so I was like, yeah. And so I was just like, man, I, I need to change some things. So I was like, I need to eat breakfast because I don't eat breakfast ever, you know, in the morning. Like I always eat it at night because in the morning I got stuff going on. So I just pound a ton of coffee, you know, and just like whatever else. Or if I, because cause I love breakfast so much, like I just, like a little egg or something like I want like hash browns. I want the whole thing, you know, but that requires a lot of work first thing in the morning. So anyway, so like, I don't always eat breakfast. And so I was like, you know, I need to start eating breakfast. I need to start eating, eating some uh, like boiled eggs. I love boiled eggs. That would be awesome. And so I took an egg and just started boiling it. And I started doing that almost every morning. And it's been helping out and we'll see how it goes, right? But I need you to help me, hold me accountable. But I was sitting there and I was looking at the egg and I just started thinking about the egg and I was just blown away by the egg. So I went and researched and did some work and, and then found out some things about this incredible edible egg, right? I mean, this thing is absolutely amazing. I was blown away by this. I told everybody in my house, look, check this out. They're like, yeah, we all know. We did that in science class. Well, Ryland didn't know, and she's seven, but whatever. So like, if you take an egg, you know, the shell, it's actually made out of the same stuff that rocks are made out of, and you can take an egg and put it in your hand, and you can squeeze as hard as you want to, and you won't break it. Like, I mean, I literally, my arm was like, because I was squeezing so hard. I was like hoping for egg to go and it couldn't break. You could take it and put it in your hands like this and push as hard as you want to and the egg won't break. Isn't that amazing? That's just so stinking cool to me. The egg, when it is, when that chicken lays the egg, the egg is laid at 105 degrees. Every egg is laid at 105 degrees. And the cool thing about that is the reason why the egg's laid at 105 degrees is, is because when it hits the cool air and it begins to cool, it forms an air pocket inside of the shell so that when the chick turns into a chicken and it gets ready to break out of the shell, it, when it first begins to break through the membrane inside of the egg, it has air to breathe so that it can begin to break out of the shell. How stinking cool is that? It's absolutely so cool, right? Have you ever noticed how the yolk just always floats in the middle of the egg like it's always there? You know, God put little springs on either side. They're like called calizes or calizai or cal whatever. Don't judge me for not knowing. But I tried, right? So they're little springs that actually hold the yolk in place the whole time. So that if the egg gets hit or bumped or dropped, that the yolk actually stays in place so that the chicken is not affected. Isn't that stinking amazing? An egg is eaten in every single culture around the world. It's in every diet. There's hundreds and hundreds of recipes just for the egg as the main dish. And there's even more tens of thousands that requires an egg in its ingredients. An egg, if you take an egg, an entire egg, and mix it in into your, it, it emulsifies. I know that word, right? It emulsifies. So if you take an egg, an egg yolk, if you take an egg yolk, and you got two things, so oil and water, they separate, they will not mix. You take an egg and you put it in it, it emulsifies, it makes things come together. Isn't that stinking amazing? But if you do the opposite with the egg white and you put it in things, it makes things airy and fluffy and separate. It's just stinking amazing. The egg is awesome. I could go on for a lot longer if you wanted me to about an egg. But I'm just sitting there. I'm just saying this. Listen, like I'm sitting there just looking at it. I'm just like, this is so cool. And I'm researching. I'm blown away by this. God made the egg, right? He made the egg. And I'm just sitting there looking at it. And I'm like, God, you're so 
cool. Look at the things that you've done. I mean, look at this. And that is the way that God wants us to live. That is how we keep our ears open. That is how we get to the place where we say, God, I want to see what it is that you're doing. And I want to see the way you're working things out. How do we get to a place where we're inclining our hearts and we're opening our ears to the things that God's doing? Is that we see that God is an amazing God who's at work, who has a plan, and that his plan is set in motion. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says it this way. Speaking from the, reading from the message translation, it says this. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. Our ability to see and be set in awe and wonder at the things that God is doing in this world. We so often close the blinds on our eyes and we set ourselves in a place where we say, I don't know where God is. I don't know what God's doing. I feel alone and I feel isolated. I feel abandoned. I don't understand this. This doesn't make sense to me. I don't want to be a part of that. I'm not going to give myself to that. I'm not going to be a part of that. And we just begin just to isolate ourselves and pull ourselves away. We close the blinds. What God is calling us to do and what God is wanting us to see is that even today in our broken world with all of the insanity that is going on in this world, and that doesn't even include what's happening in the GOP presidential race right now, right? Like all the craziness, all the insanity of things that are happening in the world right now. God is at work. God is active. God is leading. God is shaping. God is changing, and God is speaking to you, and God says, listen, I have a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. There's something I want you to know. There's something I want you to see. There's something I want you to do, and it's not hidden from you. It's here. You can see it. You have to open your eyes. How do I open my eyes? You open your ears, and you incline your heart. How do you open your ears and incline your heart? You open your eyes, and you look, and next time you boil an egg, I'm telling you, it's not just going to be an egg. You're just sitting there, and you go, wow. God, you're so awesome. You're driving down the road and you just sit there and you see the trees and you see the sun coming through the trees and you see the variance of color and you see all of the leaves and you see all of the different types of trees and you start thinking about how long the trees have been there and it's no longer just a patch of trees on 64. It's God's glory and power on display right in front of you. You're walking down the road, and it's not just a road that you're walking down. It's, it's the ingenuity and the creativity that God has given to man so that they could do things to help us to be able to have modern transportation. And then you start thinking about modern transportation. You start thinking about how things have changed in just 100 years. And you think about the creativity of man and think of how much that pales in comparison to the creativity and the power and the strength of our an amazing God. When we look at things and we just walk around and say, God, you're so awesome. God, you're, you're at work and you're doing so many incredible things. We open our hearts and our minds to the things that God wants to do. That we step into a situation and we're like, wow, it seems like everything is falling apart at my job. It doesn't make sense. I feel like my boss has no clue what is going on in the world. And I feel like everybody that's sitting in the desk around me, they have issues that are unfixable. What are you doing? And instead of looking at that and saying, God, I want to get out of that situation, you step into it and you say, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. 
God, what is it you want me to speak? God, what is it you want me to hear? God, what is it you want me to learn? God, what are you doing in me? God, what do you want to do in them? Because God is an awesome God. He's a powerful God. He's a God who spoke the stars into existence. He's the God who spoke life into man. He's the God who's speaking life into your situation. Open your eyes and see that it's not just a horrible situation with no hope. That God has placed you there as the person who can bring hope into a situation because he's the God of hope who is working through you and that has been made possible because Jesus gave his life for you. You look at things differently. Your life is different. Your perspective is different because your eyes are open. It's no longer a boiled egg. It's God at work. That's the way that God wants us to live. That's the way that God wants us to participate in the things that he's doing. That is the way that God wants us to open our ears to hear that he's speaking. That is the way that God wants us to incline our hearts to him, not through actions and not through all of these things to prove ourselves to him. You can't. You've already been bought. You've already been accepted through Jesus Christ. And the wonder of who God is, the power of who he is, all of his might, all of his power, all of his strength, all of his wisdom, all of his understanding, all of it is yours. So that you can help others to see the glory of God. God has a plan and it's not hidden. It's not off in some dark corner. God's not sitting there judging you because you can't get the towels out of the thing to fix your situation. God is looking at your situation and he's saying, stop. Listen, I have something I'm doing. See it for what it is. Open your eyes. Open your ears. I'm speaking. I'm revealing right now in the midst of your situation. You feel like it's hopeless. God is there and he's at work and he's doing something. He wants to continue to do something. Isn't that good news? Here's the awesome thing. It's not the good news. If the worship team can go ahead and come up. We're going to take the next several weeks to talk about the good news. As good of news as it is, that God is at work, and that God has plans, and that he has purposes, as good of a news as it is, that your situation is not hopeless, that you are not lost, that God wants to do something in you, and that he wants to do something through you, as good of news as that is, it's not the good news. The good news is, is that God is loving, and he's caring, and he's creative, and he's awesome, and he's powerful, and he's wonderful, and he created the incredible edible egg, and he's done so many other things that we've never stopped to think about. As awesome as that is, and as good as that is, and as amazing as he is, he's also a holy and a righteous God. And our inclination is to see the wonder of who God is to experience his presence, to be made aware of his power and his love and his grace. Our inclination is, is to hear the truth that Jesus has died for us and for us to choose something other than him. That's our inclination. That is our habit. That is where our hearts lie. And God is loving and God is good, but God is holy and God is just. 
and when we choose something other than him, that is sin. And that sin separates us from God for all of eternity, and that sin cost us the life that God wants us to have now and forever. The good news is, is that knowing that, he sent a son to pay the price, to live the life that we could not live, and die the death that you and I deserve, so we could have the life that's promised in him. That's the good news. So if you could, bow your heads and close your eyes tonight. If you're here tonight, I just ask you to do this just out of privacy for others and just for a moment, for you to have a sacred moment for you to evaluate your own heart and to look into your own situation. I have two things for you tonight to ask you to look at into your situation. And the first one is this. If you have chosen something other than Jesus Christ, if you hear of his goodness, his power, and his might, if you seen his wonder, if you standing in worship at times, hearing and seeing his presence and experiencing him all around you. At a moment you could find hope in him, and at a moment you could say, he is good. But then at some point you choose something other. You look for something other to provide. You look for something other to give you security. You look for something other to help you. You look for something other to protect you. If that's where you are, and you say, that's where I am, that's my heart, that's my desire, that I want something other than God. Tonight, God has made a moment for you to say, God, I want nothing other than you. I want to give my life to you. And God, I want to chase after you and all of the wonder, the power, and the amazement of who you are. And if that's you tonight, here in a moment as we begin to stand and sing, all you have to do is say, God, I believe that I've sinned by choosing anything else other than what you have for me. That I've not wanted you, I've not trusted you, and I've not hoped in you. But God, tonight, that's got to change because I want nothing else other than you. I need you, and I only want you. That's all you have to say in your words. Lift your hands, lift your voice, close your eyes, bow your head. It's not about how you do it. It's about the heart and the intention of saying, I believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior. If that's you tonight, I want you to pray that prayer. And I want you to come talk to me after service. And for everybody else that's in this room, if you want to know a new year and see a new you, if you want to know the good news of Jesus Christ and how it changes your life, it changes your perspective, how it changes who you are, it changes your situations, it makes all things new. Listen, if you're here tonight and you know Jesus, you know him as the truth and you have a relationship with him, I challenge you this, to stand and worship tonight and to say, I no longer will walk through this life. I will no longer look at things as they are, but I will trust that you are at work. I will see that you have a plan, that it is not hidden. And God, tonight, in my worship, in my voice, in this moment, I'm saying, open my ears, open my eyes, open my heart. Help me to see. Help me be inclined. God, help me to no longer just look at a boiled egg as a boiled egg, but help me to see your wonder, your grace, and your power in all things. Join me. Stand. Let's worship.